0: Okay, we're gonna do a little program with the kids now. This may look like mayhem while we get up there, but let's go ahead and give it a whirl, kids. Let's get you up there. Ready? Thing up here. for for unto
1: He is for God.
0: and they've been learning how to sign it. Uh, Janie's having sign language, and she's been helping the kids learn it, and they've done a great job learning it. So I wanted to watch the kids that they're doing the signs with the uh, words I know we got kids out there that aren't up here as well. Christmas Christmas is a special time for us to remember what our Savior has done for us. The gifts are wonderful. The time with family. The time that we eat. And all those things are wonderful. And they're important. And, And that's just a time we celebrate. And we should enjoy that time. Okay? Have a good time. But while you do it, you want to remember our Lord. And one of the things that I was thinking was, this week, I was trying to think, how can I help these you kids remember Jesus in your life? So what I did was, I got you a gift. It's nothing big. But before you leave today, I want you to come find me at the door. And I got for each of you an animal, okay? Just a little animal. This is uh, like a lobster or something. So I got a basket, and there's a bunch of animals in it. And I want to give it to you. And then what I want you to do with your animal is... Put it on your nightstand, and when you go to bed at night, maybe remember this, and I want to just read to you a verse. It comes from the book of Psalms. It's in Psalm 50. God says this, every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world and everything in it is mine. And then he says this, this is what we can give to God. Offer to God a gift of thanksgiving. You know, we give things to God out of thanks for what he gives to us. But the most important thing that we can give to God out of thanks is our worship and our thanks. And so what I want you to remember is, remember, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns all the animals, and God takes care of them. And if God can take care of all the animals, you know what? He can take care of you. So thank you, kids, for your hard work. We love you. I uh, love everyone in the church and everyone of you that's here And so they're going to do this song and then they're going to go find, we'll have a little bit of mayhem again because they're going to go find where you are, mom and dad. So give a second, we'll get going here. Okay, you guys ready?
1: night Above your deep and dreamless sleep A giant star lights up the sky And while you're lying in the dark the shines an everlasting To your world today Oh Bethlehem You will go down in history As a city with no room For its king While you were sleeping shivers in the cold trying to keep the Savior warm Okay. United States of America looks like another silent night. As we're sung to sleep by philosophies that save the trees and kill the children. let States of America, looks like another
0: of night. I've got a Bible, take it and turn with me to the book of Colossians. We're just going to take a minute and draw our attention to a text that's here. I don't want to say in a superficial way, but we're not going to, like, dig into the text and try to discern everything that's here as much as just reflect on the truth in an overarching way of what Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1. Earlier in the chapter, he has talked about Jesus and who he is. He is the image, he is the icon of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation he's the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might be preeminent and so there we find out that everything that is everything was created by Christ he is before everything and without him nothing existed and then this great creator Yahweh God the eternal son of God stepped from heaven's glory and came to earth. He took upon himself, as Grace and quoted Philippians chapter 2, the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of man. And then being found in fashioned as a man, he humbled himself even further Became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted. In a similar passage, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, based on this understanding who Jesus is. He then says, giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Notice the word qualified us. We don't qualify ourselves for heaven. Let's just do away with that nonsense. We don't qualify ourselves. No, God qualifies us. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of all the saints who now dwell in light he has notice this, this is what he's done for us he has delivered us from the domain the rule, the power the dominion, the dominion of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son and it is in this beloved son who has come, who was born the manger, it is in Him that we have redemption. And what is redemption? It is the forgiveness of all our sin. Church, join me in a word of prayer as we think on these verses for a minute. How can we say thanks? Father. How can we say thanks? That you would come into time from eternity. That you would deliver us. Not just from ourselves. Or not just from our weakness. Not just from. Our physical infirmities, not just from poor decisions, but that you would deliver us from Satan's rule. Points to the power of the air, the spirit who now is alive and working in the sons of disobedience, who prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. That you would deliver us from his power and you would transfer us into the kingdom of your son. That you would forgive us. Lord, words escape us to know how to say thank you. And so we come just as we are. And in all our humility, we simply acknowledge to you our gratitude and our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Uh, 15th century England was embroiled in massive unrest. You know, we look at the world today, and there is massive unrest, isn't there? You got Ukraine, you got internal politics in America, and domestic turmoil that just almost seems to be ripping us apart as a nation. We have a year staring us in the face, probably unlike any year that we've ever experienced. Not only as we think about international events, wars in Gaza and Ukraine, we think about an election that who knows what this is going to look like. God does. We have turmoil. But it's hard for us to really remember because we're so far from removed from it, but The 15th century in Europe was turmoil on a scale that's hard for us to imagine, coming right out of the Protestant Reformation. And as the Protestant Reformation rages and people understand the freedom of the gospel, one of the things that happens is tyranny is thrown off. And it leads to huge social unrest. One of the places that it led to great social unrest was in England. And a guy named Oliver Cromwell, do you remember him from history? The Lord Protector, who was a gentleman farmer, comes out of obscurity and he raises an army called the Iron Sides, which were never defeated in battle, and he throws off the king, and he brings in the kingdom of God on Earth. Or so they thought. It only lasted three years. It's a time of great unrest. Gentlemen are uniting together, not only for the cause of freedom in England, but also for the cause of the gospel, and really because they had a misunderstanding of biblical eschatology and times, they were post-millennialists, they believed that they could bring in the kingdom by power. Their eschatology gravely affected the way they went about this. And it led to some problems. By the way, our eschatology can get us into a lot of trouble too. Lest we be smug. Those guys thought they could bring in the kingdom. They found out they couldn't. Sometimes we as pre-millennialists just want to check out because we just think it's all going to burn anyway. And we don't do anything. All that we care about is that we're not left behind. Right? And so, since we don't want to be left behind, we don't do anything. Well, that's not honoring to the Lord either, so let's not be smug. Their eschatology made a mess, but so can ours, caused us to check out. But anyway, you had a gentleman army on a holy crusade, and they were going to bring in the kingdom. That is exactly the backdrop to a song that we all sing at Christmas. This is one of the songs that everybody knows that made it into a Christmas carol, right? They even sing it on the Grinch, the new Grinch. God rest, you merry gentlemen. It's written in the 15th century in England because of Oliver Cromwell. God rest, you merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray, oh, tidings, comfort, and joy. Just notice this song for a minute. I don't want to get like, I don't know, I not want to drive you nuts with little stuff, but this is interesting. This is actually really interesting. This is much debated because it actually is the way it was written. God rest you, comma, gentlemen. We would all put the comma here, wouldn't we? But they didn't. God rest you, Mary, after the adjective before the noun, gentlemen. Now, why that's there is much debated, and uh, you don't even care about that. And that's not the method. but I had to bring it to your attention. But just notice this. God, rescue married gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. What does that mean? Okay. First of all, the gentlemen, that's not like just a bunch of, you know, God, we're taught to be gentlemen now. This was a class of manhood in 15th century England. They were the gentlemen. They were the men of landed nobility. And these were the men who were coming together as an army to usher in the crusade to bring in the kingdom in England. Now you say, were they just a bunch of happy men as they went off to battle? What does it mean to be merry? We all say Merry Christmas, don't we? Well, you know what? We just totally kiboshed the English language when we think about it today and what it meant in the 1500s and the 1600s. In the 1600s, the word merry didn't mean to be happy and jovial. It meant to be a mighty man, to be a man of strength. For instance, did you ever wonder about Robin Hood and his merry men? That's where that comes from. A man of might. God rest, you men of might. Now, he's not telling us though, that they shouldn't go off and fight. He's not saying that in some way that that did not honor God. I don't want to get into all that. But what he's saying is this be at rest. In your spirit. Be at rest in your spirit. In troublesome times. Don't be dismayed. Why? Remember this. Christ our Savior. Was born on Christmas Day. And why was he born? To save us all. Why is that all there? The writer of this song wanted them to realize something. They might have been on the right side and all those pesky Catholics were going to get killed in battle. But he came to save them too. He came to save us all. All of us are caught in Satan's power. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so this is what? It's tidings of comfort and joy. You know, as the Second World War was coming to a close, there were some major battles to get across the Rhine River, After that happened, and the Allied armies were able to encircle about 300,000 Nazis in the Ruhr pocket, resistance began to crumble very quickly. You know how Hitler took his own life, and other things happened that just caused the Nazi regime, which at one time seemed impregnable, to crumble. And it fell very quickly. Patton's third army was racing about 50 miles a day towards the end of the war, barely able to keep up with its supply line. Patton's army came to a place called Munich. You know where Munich is. And just outside of Munich, they came to a camp. They did not know it was there. Its name was Dachau. The soldiers liberated. Concentration camp that was filled. With men who were emaciated and dying. Who had suffered beyond belief. In fact, when George Patton came to the camp to see it. And he had seen much. When he smelled the stench and he saw what happened, he excused himself from the others he was with and he went behind the building and he puked. And then he came back. It was unbelievable. As the soldiers were liberating the camp and they came to the gates, There were men who were crowding to the gates who were overjoyed. The Americans had come. And the gates were thrown open. As the G.I.s came in, one G.I. turned and he walked down a side alley. And there was a very old man. Who somehow was still alive. And he was sitting on the ground. And he was weeping. And he held out to the American GI a cigarette. And the GI was going to brush by. He was dirty. It was stained. It probably had typhus or something else on it. And another man who was an inmate of the camp looked at him. And he said to the GI, take it. It's the only thing he has to give. And the stained, dirty cigarette became one of the most treasured items in that G.I.'s family. Passed on from generation to generation to remember a gift. Of a man who gave everything he had. To us, it seems yucky. To us, it seemed worthless. But to that man who was set free, it was everything. And that cigarette was now vested with significance. We don't have much we can give the Lord. He owns it all. Right? That's what we saw in Psalm 50. Everything. He has the earth and everything that's in it. It's his. If he were hungry, he wouldn't ask us for anything because it's all his anyway. But we can give to him this. Gratitude. We forget that we are in Satan's concentration camp. One of the reasons we forget that is because Satan's concentration camp seems a whole lot more like Vanity Fair. And he lulls us to sleep with pleasure. God has qualified us. He has opened the gates. And he has set us free. We have forgiveness. In Jesus. Would you join me as we pray? Lord I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your truth. What can I give you? poor as I am. If I were a shepherd, I could give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I could do my part. What can I give him? I'll give my heart. May that be true of us today in Jesus' name.